0: This is The Talk Is Good, a place to hear audio fan fiction by the author, Crystal You can find us on SoundCloud, and finally, you can find us on iTunes. Search for either The Talk Is Good under podcasts, or even easier, search for Calzona under podcasts. Greetings, Calzona, Grey's Anatomy, and fan fiction fans. Welcome to the reading of the A.U. Calzona fanfic imaginary by Shannara 66, S-H-I-N-A-R-A 66. You can find this fic, her other stories on livejournal.com. So pop over there, show her some love. She's also a published author, so you can find her on amazon.com. Her real name is Crystal Orr with a K-O-R. RR. Chapter 9 is the morning of the 14-year anniversary of Callie's traumatic event. We learn a little bit more about that tragedy in this chapter. This is also the morning after an important, amazing day in the life of this Calzona. A day detailed by four glorious chapters by Shannara66, ending with some quality time some quality conversation on the roof of Venus. So let's get to it. Imaginary, Chapter Nine. Published on Live Journal, on August 9th, 2013. Author's note: Hey guys, this chapter gives a lot of information. We learn a lot more about Callie, and we also see how both ladies are feeling after their star gazing night. Arizona is still in denial because she basically believes denial will keep her in control of her feelings, but she's getting there. We just have to give her time. The next chapter is a pivotal one. Hope you all enjoy, and thanks for reading. Quote, Love is but the discovery of ourselves and others and the delight in the recognition. ALEXANDER SMITH There was a silence-not a deafening silence or an ominous silence, but a normal, almost comfortable silence that spoke of complacency and normalcy. Callie closed the front door behind her and took note of the quiet in the house. Her father was still away on business, she knew, and her mother was likely at an art museum or out scouting for the next Andy Warhol. She would have the house to herself for a while, especially with Aria rehearsing for a school play. Dropping her bags on the floor in the foyer, Callie slowly made her way upstairs where her bedroom was. The hallway just off the stairway creaked as she stopped on the landing. The silence became heavier suddenly. A weight settled in Callie's stomach and filled her with unknown dread. She looked back downstairs and drew in a calming breath. What was wrong with her? Why was she suddenly so anxious? She had spent the afternoon alone before. Why was today so different? Callie shook her head and tried to rid herself of her childish silliness She was 17 for crying out loud. Still, there was something upsetting to her that she could not put a name to. She listened to the gentle sound of the birds just outside and the rhythmic tick-tocking of the clock on the wall in front of her. It was just a normal day, wasn't it? Taking a step toward her bedroom, Callie stopped again and scanned her eyes up and down the hallway. Something was wrong. Different. She couldn't place what it was, but there was a feeling pervading her senses that refused to be ignored. Mom? She called, checking to see if she were truly alone. Dad? Aria? Are you guys home? Silence, thick, uncomfortable, silence. Walking past her own door, Callie came to stand before her sister's room. She pushed a door open without pause and looked inside. Everything seemed fine and there was nothing out of the ordinary. Releasing a breath and trying to calm her wayward nerves, Callie closed the door and backed out of the room. A smell suddenly came to her nostrils. It was pungent and out of place. It was wrong and odious and caused a pang of sickening dread to flare uncomfortably inside her belly. Callie swallowed a nervous lump as the beating of her own heart became more audible. Hello? She called warily though she doubted any of her family was inside the house. Walking to her parents' room at the end of the hallway, Callie hesitated before slowly pushing the door open. It whined as it swung on its hinges. The abnormal scent was stronger, and Callie felt a sickness rise inside her throat. She stepped into the room and immediately felt her knees give out beneath her. A surge of nausea welled up inside her as her stomach suddenly emptied its contents. She felt as if she had been struck as she fell to the floor. Oh my God! Oh God! No! Oh! Callie sat up in bed with a start. She was sweating profusely and her hair was matted to the sides of her face and neck. The pounding of her heart inside her chest was nearly painful and her stomach felt as if it were knots. She couldn't seem to shake the images so vivid from her mind. The dream had felt entirely immersive. Callie tried to catch her breath as she looked around at her surroundings. The familiar setting The easily recognized sights and smells of art and paint slowly came together in an effort to calm her. She was in the basement of Venus. She was in her studio, not in her childhood home. She was safe. The images from her dream had happened 14 years ago. Sighing and feeling around the sheets of the cot she was in, Callie tried to find her phone to check the time. She could vaguely make out the sounds from above and knew the cafe was open. Grabbing her phone from underneath her pillow, she noted the time was mid-afternoon. She had been asleep for hours. Shit, she mumbled softly to herself. She fell back on the bed with a thud and covered her face with her hands. Her body still felt wired and on edge. The sense of dread she recalled from her dreams still seemed to crawl around inside her stomach, and leave her feeling unsettled. Sitting back up, Callie tossed the sheets to the side and stood up. She walked over to the far wall on her right, where the mural she had worked on the past few years rested. This day is so unfair. She whispered as her hands moved over the paint of her work. She allowed her fingers to trace every groove and line and paint stroke as she attempted to leave the dark place she had wakened. The sound of the basement door opening caught her attention. Callie? You down here? Yeah, Callie replied hoarsely. I'm here. Mark descended the stairs and rounded the corner to find Callie standing next to her mural. Her back was to him, but he could see the weight she carried by the slump in her shoulders and the sagging tilt of her head. Hey, he said softly in greeting. What happened to you last night? I waited around for you. Thought you might need my company because of, you know. Callie sighed. She knew what kind of company Mark was referring. After Arizona had left, she thought about finding him and using him to help her forget and prolong matters, but she had not been able to bring herself to do so. Mark's therapy wasn't healthy. It wasn't fair to him or to her, and it didn't make her feel any better in the long run. So Callie had retired here, to her studio, her safe haven, and thought about Arizona. She tried to hold on to the feelings of tranquility and serenity that the other woman had gifted her with, and soon she had fallen asleep. Images of Arizona, of her smile and her laugh and the cute dimples on her cheeks had filled Callie's mind until they hadn't. Yeah, I... I wasn't in the mood, Mark. It doesn't help, anyway. Mark nodded, though he didn't truly understand what Callie was saying. Every year recently, when today came around, he and Callie had slept together, without fail. He had always believed that he was helping her, that their coupling was beneficial to her during a most troubling time. If he was being honest with himself, he'd have to admit that he enjoyed being Callie's go-to person. To him, they were good together. They had always been. They had been friends since they were kids. They had been each other's first. They had helped each other when one of them was down or needed a shoulder to cry on, and their sex was mind-blowing. To him, anyway. He wasn't afraid to admit to himself that he was in love with Callie. He had been for the past year or so, but he had always been too afraid to tell her. She never acted as if their arrangement was anything more than what she claimed it to be, and recently, she had stopped seeking him out for sex as often. In fact, sometimes, she seemed to want to avoid him and that particular part of their relationship it made Mark feel insecure, which was something he wasn't used to experiencing, as well as making him question exactly what he meant to Callie. Choosing to ignore her comment, Mark looked at the newest addition to the mural with an appreciative eye. This day was hard on him too, but not nearly as much as it was for Callie. So, uh... What did you do last night? How did you cope? Callie stretched and sighed again, her eyes lingering on the shadow of the man she shaded in the window. I talked to Arizona, she said softly. Mark noted the tone of her voice with more than a little trepidation. Who? he asked. Alex's friend. The blonde I was with at the bar a few nights ago? Recalling the stunning woman, Mark nodded again and studied his friend. She know about today? There was a long silence before Callie finally answered. She knows it's important to me, but I haven't told her the details. And talking to her helped? More than mindless screwing? Mark joked. He felt an uneasy feeling rising in his stomach. That feeling was jealousy, and he didn't like it too much. He was Mark Sloan. Women's panties dropped just from a look from him. He wasn't accustomed to feeling covetous. He wasn't used to coming in second. Though he found lesbians hot, He couldn't say that he would be okay if he lost Callie to a woman. No matter how hot that woman was. Shaking his head and trying to clear his thoughts, Mark took a deep breath and racked his brain for something to say. Maybe Arizona wasn't even gay. And Mark had nothing to worry about. Still, he knew Callie and he knew when she was interested in someone. He knew the tone she used when speaking of someone who fascinated her. It was a voice she had never used around him or in regard to him. You like her, he stated. Callie trailed her fingers over the painting of the kneeling woman as she took in Mark's words. He was right. She did like Arizona. Very, very much. She could not deny it just to make Mark feel better. I do, she declared softly. She thought she heard a scoff before Mark said, You don't even know her, Callie. Callie didn't need this. Not today. She needed peace and an escape. She didn't need Mark's petty and senseless jealousy. She didn't need him acting needy just because he wanted to have sex with her. Suddenly, her safe hideaway seemed claustrophobic and tainted. Where before, for so many years, Mark had been a way for her to lose herself and indulge in something hedonistic. Now, he was just a man who was confusing sex for something more. Now... He was just someone else to give her grief on the one day of the year she really didn't need it. She loved Mark, but she knew she had to talk to him about them. But it couldn't be today. Today, she needed to focus on her. Mark, I'm not doing this with you today, okay? I can't handle it today. I like Arizona, What's not to like? She's gorgeous and smart and caring. She's... Callie paused. She wanted to say that Arizona was sad and a little jaded. That she was philosophical and deep. And that she was funny, although in an unassuming and unexpected way. She wanted to say that Arizona seemed to her to have a beautiful soul. But how could she say all of that to a man she believed was developing feelings for her? How could she say those things after only truly speaking with Arizona for one night? She's what, Callie? Mark pressed. Shaking her head and finally turning around to face him, Callie replied, She's someone who sees another side of me, Mark. She's someone I feel can appreciate the sad and confused person in me. She made me feel okay last night and that. I make you feel okay too, Callie. Mark. Callie sighed in exasperation. Arizona made me feel okay without the sex. What's the fun in that? Mark argued belligerently. He couldn't make sense of what Callie was trying to say and it angered him. Some hot new blonde shows up and suddenly he means nothing to Callie? It's not meant to be fun, Mark. God, you just don't get it. It felt okay just spending time with her. I didn't have to hide away or try to fuck my problems away. I just... I just enjoyed being with her and learning about her. It made today... All of today, not seem so overwhelming. Mark was silent for a time, his stormy gray eyes staring deeply into Callie's dark brown. I don't understand you. She wasn't there 14 years ago. She hasn't dealt with this or seen what it has done to you, what it did to you, and what it still does to you. You've known her a couple of days and she means more than I do. That's not what I'm saying, Mark. Callie started in a shaky tone. I appreciate you. You know I do. I'm not saying that I'm not thankful for your support over the years. Stop acting like a selfish brat. This is about me meeting someone who doesn't make me want to hide or be destructive. She makes me want to handle this head on. She makes me want to get back to my art and my music and not just be some drunken club owner that people like you try to bet on a nightly basis. Mark was furious. He was jealous. He was hurt. He felt like he had been used by Callie and none of it had mattered to her. He felt stupid and played. He felt rejected. Mostly. He just felt anger for this Arizona woman. Though a small part, a very small part of him, was grateful Callie had met someone who made her feel comfortable and grounded, he couldn't ignore his darker emotions. When he opened his mouth to respond, Callie held up a hand and shook her head. I don't want to do this right now, Mark. I can't believe how you're acting today. You know what I'm going through, and you're going to stand there and act like an asshole because I didn't sleep with you last night? Because I found solace in someone else? Mark lowered his eyes. His earlier feelings began to fade as he became ashamed. Fuck you, Mark. I have to get out of here. Where are you going? Slipping on her flip-flops and reaching for her phone and keys, Callie replied, I don't know. Just leave me alone today until you figure out what your problem is. God, I'm so stupid. I mean, how many times do I have to be spurned and burned and treated like crap before I just lock myself in this apartment and become a hermit? Then people could continue to lie and cheat and steal their way to happiness, and I'd have no part in any of it. God! Arizona flung herself backward onto her couch with a heavy and disgusted sigh. It was just after three in the afternoon and she had been pacing and arguing with herself for nearly an hour. Belana had stopped chasing her and was now lying stretched out on top of a bookshelf watching her human's humorous display. And I know what you would say, Belana, if you could talk. You'd say that Callie isn't married for a start and that she seems interested in me you'd say that she's been respectful and patient and arizona lifted her head enough to look at her cat Belana was watching her tail swishing playfully with a superior look on her face and you'd be right about all of those things but ugh shut up and stop looking so smug you're a cat you don't know anything Sitting up, Arizona shook her head. She hadn't been able to get Callie out of her mind all day. Ever since returning home, she had a constant replay of her time with the other woman in her head. In her sleep, images of Callie had danced, her voice singing in her ears. She thought about Callie's gentleness and the way she flirted so subtly. She recalled staring at the stars and hearing about what designs Callie managed to see in them. All freaking night, even when she had been fast asleep, Callie Torres had invaded every sense Arizona possessed. When she had awoken, her first thought had been wondering how Callie was. Arizona had thought about calling her. Of checking to see if she needed anything, since today was some sort of anniversary. But she had tossed that thought aside hastily. For one, she didn't know any of Callie's private numbers. For two, she doubted Callie needed anything from a woman she had only known a week. So, Arizona had gotten up, showered, and eaten a light brunch. She finished cleaning her apartment and then proceeded to pace while arguing with herself. She hated to admit that she liked Callie. It made her feel weak, like she was incapable of controlling her own damn feelings and thoughts. She tried to attribute her fondness of Callie to still being upset over Joanne, but she quickly realized that wasn't the case. She didn't think about Joanne while around Callie. The previous night, as she and Callie had talked and laughed and stared at the stars, Arizona's thoughts had not once lingered on Joanne Simmons. She had enjoyed just living in the moment. She'd enjoyed learning about Callie and hearing her opinions and beliefs. Arizona had not felt so suffocatingly alone, and that was the main thing she was confused over. What was so different about Callie Torres? Was it that she felt a similarity existed between them? That a sadness in Callie mirrored a longing in her own heart? Was it Callie's art? Her music? Or just the woman herself? Tara had been a quick fling. She had been far more interested in her own life and having Arizona around to make her feel good than in trying to actually get to know Arizona. Joanne, however, had seemed interested in Arizona, but only up to a point. Then she turned out just to be like Tara. She realized how much of a giver Arizona was, how selfless she could be, and then she exploited that to her advantage. She milked Arizona dry and played her for a fool, and then she had left without a second thought. But Callie? Callie was different even though Arizona hated to admit that. She generally seemed to want to get to know Arizona. She didn't make their encounters all about her, but instead focused on it being mutually about them. She talked about herself, but also desired to learn more about Arizona. When Arizona became withdrawn, she did not press or make things awkward. She simply changed the subject, or made a little joke, or flirted harmlessly until Arizona was once again comfortable. Was that the real Cali Torres? Or was the woman only putting on a good show to get Arizona to let her defenses down? Once that happened, would Callie be like the others? Would she get what she wanted and then leave? Thus making everything between them a fallacy? Something ugly? Arizona hated feeling the way she did. She didn't want to be so jaded and cynical. She wanted to believe people were good and honest. She wanted to believe in decency and friendship. But she had been betrayed by nearly every person who had ever meant anything to her. Here she was, 30 years old. And most of her life's experience had shown her people were one way. Selfish and deceitful. Was she really expected to just keep putting herself out there over and over again? Was she expected to keep trying? For what? How many times could she believe something to be true? To hope for it to be true, only to discover it really was all a lie. There would be nothing left of her if she did that. And yet... Something in her wanted to believe in Callie Torres. Something in her hoped Callie was different. She couldn't shake the feelings. She couldn't talk herself out of them. The truth was that she found Callie very attractive, both physically and in personality. She wanted to believe that Callie was showing her the real her, not some facade to get into Arizona's pants. If she chose to continue seeking contact with Callie, Arizona knew she would have to take things slowly. She couldn't rush in like she had done before, baring her soul and believing she was safe only to fall on her face with barely anything left. She couldn't do that again. She couldn't struggle to breathe after being betrayed again. She couldn't wander around her apartment feeling dejected and uninterested in anything. She couldn't. It had taken her a long time to find herself after Tara, and then Joanne had appeared. Now, Arizona was trying to piece herself back together, and she knew she couldn't let Callie destroy the fragile foundation she was just now rebuilding for her life. As much as she liked Callie, Arizona couldn't give parts of herself to another person right now. She was barely holding herself together as it was. The thing that got Arizona, though, was Callie's interest in her to begin with. She couldn't understand it. She was boring. She was simply a single woman living in a one-bedroom apartment with her spastic cat. She didn't have a large circle of friends. She wasn't a person who knew the club scene, as she rarely went out. And she spent most of her time wrapped up in her writing, or some book or another. She supposed her writing and her words made her stand apart. But she was just a freelance author who sometimes had to supplement her income with an odd job here or there. Callie, however, was someone Arizona wished she could be herself. She was comfortable in her own skin. She could dance and draw in a crowd, She could play the piano and paint and sketch and sculpt. She owned a club for crying out loud. She was talented. Why was someone like that interested in someone like her? Arizona couldn't figure it out. She was the quiet, introspective sort. The person who liked history and science and philosophy. The person who was termed nerdy and geeky. She enjoyed books and words and smaller groups. She wasn't a person who thrived on social interaction, who enjoyed being the center of attention. Funnily enough, Arizona found that when she was around people, she somehow became the center of attention. It had always baffled her. People seemed to flock around her, absorbed by her humor or her wit. Outwardly, She appeared calm, cool, and collected, but inside? Inside she was conflicted and chaotic. There was always some inner turmoil she battled that others remained oblivious to. That turmoil had become a calm sea last night when Arizona had sat with Callie. She had not felt so conflicted, though she had still worked to keep a certain distance between them. It annoyed her. What was so different about this one woman? And yet, Callie's calming presence also soothed Arizona as much as it annoyed her, and that only left her undecided and unsure of how to proceed. Standing and walking over to where Bailana was, Arizona lifted the cat and cuddled her. She ran her nose along Bailana's head as she cradled the cat to her chest. (sighs) <sighs> Women suck, belana They make you question yourself, and then they wear tight and revealing dresses that show off a considerable amount of cleavage, and they have legs that just beg to be wrapped around your body. Turning and walking toward the window on the opposite side of the living room, Arizona pushed away the curtains and let the warm sun hit her face. She looked out over the city below as Belana nuzzled her shoulder. And they have smoky voices that whisper in your ear. And dark eyes that ask you to be open. And lips that are as full and plush as they are soft and warm. They just suck, Bailana. Women suck. They make you want to call them and spend time with them all because they're funny and smart and accomplished and maybe a tiny bit sad just like you are. Purring now? Bailana continued to enjoy the attention she was receiving, though she paid little mind to Arizona's words. What do you think, huh, Kitty? Arizona asked, her voice soft. Do you think I should try to contact Callie? Go to Venus? Maybe she's lonely too, huh? Placing Bailana on the sill of the window, Arizona patted her head before turning away to look toward her bedroom. Maybe Callie was in the phone book. Who are you, Arizona Robbins? Callie asked no one in particular, as she sat huddled in the corner of her couch, knees drawn up close to her chest. She decided to return home after Mark's disastrous arrival at the cafe, and after showering and grabbing something to eat, had spent the rest of the afternoon immersed in anything and everything Arizona Robbins. She searched for her on the internet, finding a few pages dedicated to her work by fans, as well as a small bit on Wikipedia and a page on Amazon, but nothing actually about the woman behind the words. Arizona had a Facebook page, but it was private. Callie had decided to download some of Arizona's work in an effort to learn more about her. She currently had her nose practically pressed against her Kindle fire as she read one of Arizona's earlier short novels. Callie had never been an avid reader. She read the occasional book here or there, but she wasn't a person who would describe reading as a hobby or interest. However, since downloading Arizona's book an hour before, Callie had become completely absorbed and immersed in the characters. The writing was so captivating and engrossing. Arizona had a way with words that seemed to grab a reader's attention, ensnaring them in all of their senses before they were aware of such a thing happening. Her writing style was so personal, as if she were taking every human emotion and applying it to paper from actual experience. It made Callie feel, which was a rarity for her when reading a book. Arizona's work had a near poetic like quality; she put words together in such a way as to paint a picture with them. Callie saw every detail Arizona tried to convey; she felt every bit of sadness and happiness her characters felt; it truly was as if she were identifying with the two women in Arizona's novel, so true was their story told. She had never been a person to think of words as anything other than a way of communicating. But Arizona's words made her think. They made her wonder and question and hope and see certain situations differently than she normally would. In short, Callie was amazed at Arizona's talent. She couldn't understand why the woman wasn't signed to a major publishing house, making millions of dollars and having her work turned into box office movies. She was that good. Callie had not been able to put the book down since buying it. Though it didn't impart to her any great wisdom into Arizona Robbins, it did make her feel more fascinated with the woman. It made her belief that Arizona was a beautiful person all the stronger. Anyone who wrote the way Arizona did had to be a person worth getting to know. Callie had realized as she sat riveted by the novel in her hands that her thoughts had not lingered on her sadness. She had been able to remember today and what it had meant without doing anything harmful, destructive, or questionable. Her father had not called her, which was somewhat surprising since he always did but Callie had not even let that filter into her thoughts. Her father's resentment of her had only increased as the years went by, and as a result, his contact with her had decreased. Callie had a few suspicions about his behavior, but she refused to allow the man to dictate any more of her life. Both she and her sister had moved away from home as soon as they were able. She had moved to Seattle And Arya last she heard, was living in Los Angeles. Today wasn't supposed to be about petty things. If anything, it should have been focused on the value of family. But over the years, it had simply become a day Callie struggled with alone. Mark had always tried to help her. But he had never been good with emotions. His idea of helping her was to fuck her until she passed out from the exertion and her own overwhelming sense of loss and anger. That had helped, or so she had believed, for the last few years, but Callie now understood what a bigger mess of things it had made. A few girlfriends and boyfriends she had had over the years had not been able to handle her darker past. They had not wanted to help her through the trauma, or deal with some of her screw-ups and mistakes. They, like so many, had simply seen someone they believed was easy and exciting, someone who was sex on legs and in for a good time. Once they realized that there was more to Callie Torres, that she had layers and was more than just a party girl who enjoyed a strong drink, they had left and made a fool of themselves then feeling devastated callie had always gone to mark instead of trying to work through her problems art was her main escape but she had somehow let it go as time had gone on she stopped painting as much or even sketching as often doing so reminded her of what she had lost it brought to her mind a piece of the trauma she was trying to overcome So, she began painting less and less, and started to sleep with Mark more and more. Then had come the heavier drinking and the partying, and before long, Callie had not recognized herself, until she met a certain blonde outside of her cafe. Then, her music and her art had practically begged to be released, She started painting again and used it to help her work through her problems. She had taken a hard look at herself and come to see that she managed to get into a bit of depression without realizing it. So, she had painted and played the piano and done all the things that once had given her joy and a sense of pride. She allowed the most lively part of her soul to breathe again. And that had been liberating, and all thanks to Arizona. So yes, Callie was interested. Yes, she was fascinated and intrigued. Arizona, without being aware of it, had saved her. She stopped her from continuing along her self-destructive path. She made her acknowledge how important her art and music were, how valuable and crucial it was to not allow certain things to wither and die as unfair as it was to mark he had become a reminder of all the bad things callie had done over the last 14 years she knew she needed to talk to him and explain her thoughts but she also had to work through her own feelings of self-loathing 14 years ago she had known who she was She was an artist, a pianist. She was someone who was going to get scholarships and rewards and go to prestigious schools and have her work shown in art galleries around the world. Then that day happened and everything afterward had been a slow decline into Callie's present. She enjoyed dancing and drinking and having a good time, but she had somehow managed to allow them to take over her life. And at what cost to herself? To her soul, that creative visionary inside of her? Here Callie was, 31 years old, and seeking to change and turn her life around. All because she met someone, by chance, who seemed to share her outlook on life, who was as quixotic as she was enigmatic. Turning the digital page on her Kindle, Callie readjusted herself on the couch and continued to read. The book was a romance drama about a young woman coming to realize she was gay after meeting another woman at a charity event, and the tale of their love and how it came to blossom. Currently, the younger woman was fighting her growing attraction and trying to rationalize her feelings away as some form of loneliness for human contact. Sounds like someone I know, Callie mumbled to herself. So rapt was her attention on the book that she nearly jumped out of her skin when her house phone rang. Her Kindle slipped from her hands and landed on the cushion beside her. Shit, she whispered, heart pounding in her chest at the interruption. Who the hell was calling on her landline? Callie reached over to the table in front of her, and checked her cell phone. No missed calls there. Getting up, and making her way to the kitchen, she picked up the cordless phone and answered it without looking at the interface. Hello? She said, sounding rather annoyed. There was a pause on the other end. Hello? Callie said again. callie a voice said softly. Not immediately recognizing the voice, Callie replied, Yeah? Who is this? She really wanted to get back to Arizona's book, and whoever was at the other end of the line was keeping her from doing so. It's... It's Arizona. I got your number from the phone book. Suddenly... Hallie didn't feel nearly as agitated at being interrupted. A warm flush spread across her body and made her heart skip a beat. Hey, she breathed into the phone. A smile lit up her face, though Arizona could not see it. I hope you don't mind, Arizona said. Mind? Why would I mind? Arizona laughed, and the sound of it made Callie lean against the wall behind her with a goofy grin. Well, I feel kind of stalkerish getting your phone number from the phone book and calling you out of the blue. Callie smiled again, something she couldn't seem to help, and shook her head. No, no, it's fine. I mean, I've been Googling you all afternoon, so I think that makes me the creeper one here. I'm glad you called. There was another slight pause before Arizona simply said, Yeah? Yeah. Callie agreed. I had a really nice time last night. Me too. Arizona admitted softly. That's why I was calling. I wanted to... um, I mean, well... I wanted to make sure you were okay today." Now it was Callie's turn to be at a loss for words. Given what she had learned from Arizona the last week, she had not expected the other woman to initiate such contact. To say that she was surprised would be an understatement, though one she was happy over. "Oh, thanks. That's... that's really sweet of you. She started. Had she been able to see Arizona's face, she would have been taken aback by the blush that colored her fair skin. However, since she was not privy to such, Callie continued. I'm okay. It's a rough time every year and my normal means of coping are, well, they're not available anymore. Oh. Oh. Arizona responded at a loss "I'm sorry. Don't be. I I'm not," Callie said quickly. "I don't mean for this to scare you off, but spending time with you really helped me. I've kind of just carried that feeling with me today." Another long pause met her statement, and Callie feared she had messed up any chance with Arizona. Then A soft clearing of a throat sounded in her ears before Arizona spoke again. I'll take that as a good thing, I guess. I don't really know what you're going through, but I'm glad I can help. Callie breathed a sigh of relief and closed her eyes. Believe me, you do. So did you... I mean, if you're not busy, that is, um, I know today's important, but maybe if you wanted... Yes, Callie said, and interrupted Arizona's stumbling ramble. You don't even know what I was going to ask, Arizona said. Callie laughed. (laughs) I don't care, she replied. I'll do whatever. I mean... You were going to ask me out, weren't you? Arizona paused again and was thankful Callie couldn't see the frightened look on her face. She was unsure what she was doing. Was she asking Callie out? Like on a date? Or was she simply asking a possible friend to have dinner with her? Did it matter? Callie was going through a rough time. And it was only nice to seek to offer comfort, right? Well, she started, I just thought if you wanted to grab some dinner with me, we can do that. Callie laughed again. (laughs) We could do that, huh? Yes, we could. Arizona responded evenly, not giving Callie a hint as to her thoughts. So what did you have in mind? Arizona once again hesitated. She didn't want to give Callie the wrong impression because she was not asking her out on a date. Absolutely not asking her out. She was simply one person seeking the company of another like-minded person to help them through a hard time. That was all. There were no romantic, sexy feelings that involve evenings filled with very dirty and passionate embraces. Nope. Arizona was done with that. She was only asking Callie out as a friend because she liked her as a possible friend, someone she could keep at a distance and occasionally enjoy a night out with. Right? Of course that's all that it was. Racking her brain for a place that was not at all private and associated with lovey-dovey feelings, Arizona finally decided on a local bar and grill. It was populous enough to keep Arizona from doing something stupid, like feeling Callie up accidentally on purpose, and quaint enough to allow them to talk and get to know one another. Yes, it was perfect, because Arizona was not asking Callie Torres on a date. Um, how about the Two Bells Bar and Grill? Callie thought of the locale for only a moment, before deciding that she didn't care where Arizona took her or what they did. She just wanted to spend time with the other woman. She realized that most of their interactions had taken place at Venus and was actually happy Arizona wanted to go somewhere different with her. That sounds fine. Meet you there in a half an hour? Sure. Great. See you there, Arizona said and ended the call. She turned around to see Bailana sitting on her bed with the same superior look on her face. Her ears were back, and Arizona swore that if she had eyebrows, one of them would have been raised in a dubious arch. What? she asked the cat. Don't look like that. It's not a date. We're just going to have a drink and talk, because it's a sad day for her. That's all. Stop looking at me like that. It absolutely, positively, 100% was not a date. Arizona Robbins had not just asked Callie Torres on a date because she didn't do things like that and she unquestioningly did not care to do those kinds of things. It was not a date. Yay! I love this chapter. It was a little challenging to read. But the reason it was challenging for me to read is the reason that I love this chapter. And that reason is, we got four distinct scenes. It was very much like a TV episode, right? You have the first act, the second act, the third act, the fourth act. So the first part of the chapter opened with a flashback. Hope you like the sound effect there. With the flashback of 17 years ago, we still don't know exactly what the traumatic event was, but we know that whatever it was, Callie was the person who stumbled upon Whatever it was. Um, So my God, we can only imagine what that was. Then the second act is Callie waking up from that dream, from that flashback, and having a conversation, encounter, confrontation with Mark. Ugh, he's such an ass. Then the third act is... A hysterical Arizona uh, talking to Bailana and muttering to herself. And then the fourth act, so cute, is Callie totally immersifying, is that a word? Immersifying herself in anything and everything Arizona. Her footprint on the internet. Her books, not a reader, but is compelled and moved by Arizona's words to actually read. Um, And then we get a phone call. We get Arizona Robbins making a bold move and calling Callie and asking her out on a non-date. Yay! So join me next time for Imaginary Chapter 10 and the non-date. Until next time, bye. Thanks for listening to The Talk is Good, available on SoundCloud.com and now on iTunes.